Today, I'm going to teach you how I approach my day and how I am able to win the day because hopefully that'll help you do the same. I heard a podcast about a year and a half ago and this guy, uh, a friend of mine was putting it on or he, it's his podcast. He was interviewing somebody. And he always asks every person a question at the end. What is one piece of advice for the listeners? And this guy, he owns an apparel company that's real popular in CrossFit. He says, wake up 30 minutes earlier than you do. I'm very passionate about becoming a better version of myself and helping others, not because I have it all figured out, but just helping people maximize their potential. If you do these seven things that I'm gonna talk about, let's say for 90 days, you're gonna be so convinced of what winning your day looks like, you would never wanna go back to losing, right? I believe that anybody who's not working out is not maximizing who they can be in life. All right, guys, thank you all so much for having me. My name is Charlie Lima, and I have lived in Bryan College Station for about 18 years. I came here for college back in the year 2000 and have not left. So it's kind of weird because sometimes like I say that and I've really am almost been living here 20 years, which is a lot of time. And I don't feel like I'm even that old to say that. So um, I'll give you a little bit more about my story. But first, I'm going to talk to you and kind of give you a snapshot of what we're going to talk about today. So James asked me to do this uh, a few weeks ago, and as I started thinking about what would be a really good message for you guys and kind of the context of what you're learning and what you're talking about today, and what really kind of captured my mind was for you to feel what does it take, like an actual application to win your day? Because you can learn everything about sales, you can do everything right as far as the textbook goes, but if you don't understand what it means to win your day, then all that's going to fall apart. And so as I started thinking through this, which was really fun for me, was I started asking myself, what does it take for me to win my day? And, and pulling out some of those principles. So this is very unique to me, and I think it will apply to you, but I will ask you at the end, and I love kind of how we have this group size because I want to get from you what is something that you can do or a few things that you can do to win your day. And so be ready for that. Be taking notes. Um, and at the end, I'm going to ask everyone to kind of share what is something that you take away from this seminar that you're going to be able to apply into your life immediately tomorrow. So uh, the quote that I wanted to start with was Benjamin Franklin. You've probably heard of this quote. I absolutely love this quote. If you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. And if you approach your day like I have many times and the day goes by and you think to myself, what did I actually accomplish today? Or what did I actually do? Or, you know, I had, I had all these appointments and I had all these things, but I got nothing done. And it's probably because you didn't have a plan. And as a personal trainer, you know, I understand this idea of like when my clients come and see me, the beauty of it is they don't have to have a plan. I create the plan for them. So they walk in the doors. I tell them, all you have to do is just show up and I will take care of the rest. So their job is to show up. My job is to create a plan for them. So let me tell you a little bit about me first. I uh, have a family of five. Again, kind of think, this is the most recent family photo we have. Uh, this is at our gym Friday night. We do a big event at the gym for the CrossFit Open. It's called Friday Night Lights. And so they were all there. My uh, wife, her name's Alicia, and we've been married tomorrow for nine years. And then Kate, who's right there in between us, she's five and a half. She'll be six in August. And then Anderson, who's right there uh, with the A&M hat, he's two and a half. He'll be three in June. And then little Chip, who is actually named Charlie, but we call him Chip, he is eight months, about to be nine months, and will turn one in June. So any of you that have kids know our home is crazy. I mean, every day I tell people it's like when I get home, that's when work really starts because that's whenever you got to take care and manage and bathe and put these kids to bed and feed them and everything. So my wife does a lot more than I do when it comes to that. She's a great mom, but that's my family and that's why I'm here and that's what kind of drives me every single day. And so I always like to kind of introduce them before I talk. Let me give you a quick snapshot of my career. In other words, what has gotten me to where I am? I'm 36 years old. Um, 
what gives me any authority or any ability to add value to your life. So uh, it's almost like a snapshot resume, if you want to call it. So I started personal training in 2003. I was a junior at Texas A&M. I got certified through the Cooper Institute, which is in Dallas, Texas. Um, I ended up graduating. I was class of 04, and I graduated in 2005. I took that extra year. I don't know if any of you guys did that. but um, And I started my business right away. So as soon as I graduated, I literally graduated college. We went, me and Alicia, my now wife, girlfriend at the time, went on a cruise for a week. And that very next pretty much a couple weeks, Labor Day of 2005, I started at the time what was called Train With Charlie. And it was just me. I had 22 personal training clients and I went over to the Aggieland Fitness Dome because they had a, kind of a setup where you could be an independent trainer, kind of run your own business within their walls. So I did that and then in 2008, I found CrossFit and signed up for my level one certification, affiliated with CrossFit, really enjoyed the program. And if you kind of have kept track with, you know, some of you may be familiar with CrossFit, but I'm sure you've heard of it. You know, in the last 10 years, it's just exploded. It's become a movement, it's become very popular, and it was just a great timing to go through that process, go to a seminar and learn about it. I wrote a book in 2009, it's called You Can Be Fit, and it's really where I took apart um, some of my client stories, some of the people that I train, and try to come up with seven strategies that I felt would help any person take back their life. And I do that seminar a lot um, because there are, those strategies are very applicable. You guys are going to get seven strategies to win your day, uh, but those are that's a different book. Um, started a CrossFit competition locally in 2010, which was a very small competition at the time and has turned into a large event that we put on at Nutribolt here in Bryan, Texas, and we draw in people from all over the state, and it's just a big CrossFit competition, um, which is a lot of fun. And then in 2011, I actually changed the name of my business to BoomFit, um, realized that, you know, Train With Charlie was really cool, and it made sense when it was just Charlie, but slowly my business started growing, and I had trainers working for me, and we had a lot more clients, and just decided to kind of rebrand the business. So if you recognize it today, you, you, a lot of people don't even know Train With Charlie exists. That's still my Instagram handle, which wasn't even a thing. I don't think Instagram was around back then. But um, I opened a second location in 2011. Really learned a lot about running two locations and the, the challenges that come with that. Decided a few years later to close those doors and focus on one location. And that's a whole nother seminar in of itself. Uh, I actually started a, another business in 2012 with a couple guys. One of them was a caterer. One of them was my accountant. It was called Everybody Eats Food. And we made prepackaged healthy meals. And we got to the point where we were carrying them in HEB and multiple HEBs. And then that's a whole nother seminar. Learned a lot of lessons, but ended up closing and shutting down that business in 2000, uh, at the end of 2015, January 2016. And then in 2016, I really kind of started to understand that I'm, I'm very passionate about leadership. I'm very passionate about becoming a better version of myself and helping others, not because I have it all figured out, but just helping people maximize their potential. And I realized that although fitness is a huge passion, you can help a lot of people even if it doesn't have to do with them working out, you can help a lot of people in this environment where I come in and I speak and I've just really enjoyed kind of passing on any life lessons and any lessons that I've learned and in my life to help other people hopefully either not make the same mistakes that I've made or even say, hey man, like today I'm going to teach you how I approach my day and how I am able to win the day because hopefully that'll help you do the same. And then in 2017, January of 2017, I actually started what you know I'm recording right now as a podcast where I interview different people from my gym every week and they share their fitness journeys. And so podcasting has become very popular here in the last couple of years. I don't know if any of you ever subscribed to any. They're awesome. You know what I love about podcasts? They're easy to listen to. It's like having a conversation. You know, sometimes books because I also like listening to audiobooks. You know, I have to, I'm kind of very ADD, so I have to pause it, rewind it, or if I'm reading, I'm, you know, squirrel, you know, I'm just distracted constantly. So a podcast for me is really easy to listen to. And uh, what's been really neat about this uh, podcast that I started is just really getting to hear 
you know, the details of people's stories. Because anytime you hear a fitness journey, there's a life journey that goes on with it. So getting to know some of my members on a much deeper level and then being able to share that with the gym because one of the things that we love to build is community. So when somebody listens to a podcast, you know, like our first interview trains with Lane uh, or works out with Lane or was meeting with Lane to get help with her diet. And just, you know, she shared about her experience with Lane and how Lane had helped her and just... To be able to do that, I've interviewed some of our trainers, it is just really special because it kind of takes this, you know, like you guys all work together, but imagine if there was a podcast every week that was getting to know one of the realtors on a deeper level or even take it on a real estate, like maybe interviewing the most successful realtor that month, the person who had the most closings, like what do you do? Like what's your secret? And so for our business, you know, in the fitness business, Man, hearing somebody talk about their diet and like the guy I interviewed yesterday, it was amazing. You know, I never would have thought he's like 170 pounds right now, but he had gotten up to, to about 215, 220 pounds in the last 18 months. And nobody at the gym knew him back then. He moved back here to College Station because his dad has muscular dystrophy and he needed to help his mom and dad. He's a 22 year old guy. Wow. But 18 months ago, he was 50 pounds heavier. And he lost in six months before he moved back to College Station, he lost like 35 pounds. But nobody at the gym knew that because when he started at our gym, he was 185 pounds. And so now when we put that out, people will actually learn about those people. So um, it's really a neat deal. And as you can tell, I can't uh, stand still for more than uh, six months. So I'm always trying to figure out what's next. But I'll talk a little bit about that. So let me give you a little bit about my fitness journey because you know, again, going back, it's kind of part of my resume, right? Like I love working out. I mean, there's people in your life that you know, that love. I'm like, it, it, it's probably sometimes to an unhealthy level how much I love to work out, but it wasn't always like that. So I grew up 18 years of my life hating working out and eating very unhealthy. I drank five or six soft drinks every single day, probably sometimes more. Um, I was eight years old and I, the person who works at Taco Bell, like the manager, I, I don't remember what he looks like, but I remember which Taco Bell location we would always go to with my mom. And he knew us so well, he would always give me a free taco with my order. And I would eat 10 tacos at Taco Bell. I, the thought of my daughter, you know, who's almost six, but even eating that much, it, it just, it's mind blowing. But my appetite, has always been, it's still big. Like I have, now I just eat healthy options, but you know, I was an overeater. I ate, I mean, going to Sam's, my dad would pick up, he was with my brothers, my two brothers and him. We'd each get a whole pizza for one for him, one for me, one for my brother, one for the other brother. And I'd be watching my little brother's pizza to see when he was full so I could eat his. (laughs) And so, you know, I understand when I meet with clients, like they haven't told me anything that I haven't already felt or gone through personally. And at 18 years old, you know, I, I remember it, it was this time of year because I just turned 36 a couple weeks ago. So it was February of 2000. I was a senior in high school. And I remember waking up and get, getting in the shower and getting out and looking in the mirror and just feeling like this is not where I want to be. You know, I wasn't depressed and I my family loved me. I had friends. So it wasn't anything like I was in a dark place. I was just, to be honest with you, very disgusted with where I was. I had gotten up to 242 pounds and, you know, I don't know if we haven't all been in high school in a while, but the girls don't really go after the big boys, you know, and you know, it's uh, sad, right? Because there's a lot of big guys with big, good hearts like me, but they really want the skinny guys. And so, you know, not having that you know, where I would say the girls in junior high and high school, that was like affecting me to the point where I was like, man, maybe, maybe if I worked out, that would be the answer. And, you know, if you have kids, like just know that they're thinking that way, right? Because, you know, that wasn't that long ago, but I remember being that age. And um, so I didn't know what to do, right? So I, I didn't have like a personal trainer and I worked out, I did football, but they don't tell you anything really about how to lose weight. All I remember about football practice was running, and it being really hard and really terrible. So I thought, surely that will help me lose weight. So I measured in my car two miles in my neighborhood, and I put on some shoes, and I attempted, okay? And I say attempted because that's what it was. It was an attempt at a two-mile run because I made it from here probably to that 
cap or counter over there with the sandwiches before I had to walk. And then I jogged a little bit and I walked a little bit and I jogged a little bit and I didn't time it. So I don't know how long it took, but it was the hardest effort of my life. It was two miles and I was so sore, but I went back and I did it again. And I did that about three times a week. So from February until May, and I had lost 30 pounds and it was amazing. I was shocked at the results. The only nutritional change I made was cut out soft drinks. So that led me to that summer and I start working out at the YMCA, come to Texas A&M and I fall in love with the rec center and kind of the workout journey began. And so this picture wasn't really at that time. This was actually when I was 20 going on about to turn 21. And this picture is something I did when I was working at a nutrition store and the guy that I was working for told me about a challenge. It's called Body for Life. And it was 90 days and you submit. Yeah, you did we the did challenge. It. Yeah, you know, it was awesome because the prize, so I'm 20 years old. <laughs> the prize for first place is $250,000. I'm like, man, I'm going to cash in and I don't even know what I'm going to do with that money. But I really thought I was going to win. You know, I answered those questions and submitted my pictures and anybody who even submitted an entry got a $250 credit towards uh, at EAS, which was the supplement company who put that on $250 of product. So I was like, either way, you're going to get something out of it. But I really thought I was going to win. I didn't win. But what I did win was a knowledge about nutrition because in that 12 weeks, these are the pictures. I was 16% body fat and then I got to 4% body fat. The only difference, because this person worked out five days a week. I mean, I was in the gym every day. But the only difference between these two is this person was 12 weeks of eating really healthy. Um, you know, and it's not rocket science, right? Eat five meals, you know, three meals, two smaller meals. Uh, timing, right? Clean, single ingredient foods. You know, it's just, it's that what we know we should do, but doing it 90 days without stopping and I mean, I was 21 in that picture and I didn't drink for 90 days. So, you know, in college I was a big drinker. So that was a big deal. And so I was perfect. And what that taught me was, man, it's kind of like right now, if you do these seven things that I'm going to talk about, let's say for 90 days, you're going to be so convinced of what winning your day looks like. You would never want to go back to losing, right? Because any bit of like, success that you accomplish in the next 90 days? What if you start having more closings than you've ever had? What if your marriage gets better? What if your relationship with those people that you care about improves? Like, wouldn't that be worth it, right? If you start seeing real, and that's what I saw. Like at that time, I, I was convinced like nutrition is everything. Like working out's important, but working out's gonna get you here, which is not bad. I mean, with the shirt on, I felt good, you know, but it's like as soon as my shirt came off, I was like, man, I'm, I don't look like the guy's in the magazines, right? And so I realized that those guys probably eat a lot better than I was. Um, and then the pictures in the middle are just kind of more so to picture, picture that two mile run, right? That I told you was impossible. Well, the picture right there on the left is me running an ultra marathon around 50 kilometers, which is 31 miles without stopping in, in Fort Worth. And, uh, you know, a lot of people wonder why would you ever do that? But <laughs> when you start getting into that point where running is not effort that it's really more like honestly flying because it becomes very much a high like people call it a runner's high and so um but that's just to tell you not to brag on myself with these pictures or telling you these stories is just to tell you you can accomplish anything right like i am the last person on planet earth that should own a gym i'm the last person on planet earth who should run 31 miles or be able to and so my story hopefully will inspire people. Maybe it's not fitness that is your dream, but maybe there's something that's a dream that seems so way far out there. You know, maybe it's a certain number, right? In terms of real estate, like maybe you want to be number one in Bryan College Station, or maybe you want to be number one at Cordier Real Estate, or maybe you want to, you know, save your marriage or your relationship. I will, I'm here to teach you and, and hopefully encourage you in that like you can accomplish anything right it's not there's no limitation the only limitation that exists is the limitation that you have in your head that you can't do so this is going to segue me into my passion and my purpose right so the reason i wake up every day aside from my family obviously is to build better people i recognize that is exactly why god put me on this earth is to 
help others, and I'm included in that, right? Become a better version of themselves. I believe that when you work out, you become a better version of you. I believe that anybody who's not working out is not maximizing who they can be in life. Doesn't mean they're not good people. It doesn't mean that people that don't work out aren't good people. It just means that they could be even better people. And this is kind of the driving factor at our gym. You know, it's not about dumbbells and pull-ups and push-ups. Although from an outsider's perspective, you might believe that about a gym. Our gym, if I could sit here and just share story after story after story of the lives that have been touched by trainers like Lane, by the coaches at our gym who invest in people and who recognize that, you know, ultimately they showed up to our gym for a bigger reason than weight loss or working out. And so it's really awesome to have a platform like that, like a gym, to be able to build meaningful relationships with people and ultimately encourage and help people become better versions of themselves. Okay, so now hopefully I've gotten a little bit of your attention and we can kind of start with the seven things that I kind of shared with you. So as I thought through how do you win your day, I'm literally going to take you through my day. I'm not perfect, so please don't measure me at everything that I'm telling you, but I would say that there is one thing that I am probably, I'm really good at some of these things, and I'll admit to you the ones that I'm not, but I haven't always been. Um, I've come to realize, you know, it's kind of like if you're going to teach me how to do real estate, you'd say the same thing, hey, Charlie, you know, I, you know, you should make a hundred phone calls a day. I don't even know if that's a thing, right? You should make a hundred. You maybe don't always make a hundred phone calls a day, but you know, when you make a hundred phone calls a day, it's kind of like nutrition. You know, I help my clients with their nutrition based on what their goals are and based on my experience and my knowledge. And so I believe that the, this is not in any order. Okay. So I didn't put this one first because it literally is just the first thing I do in the morning, but it's having, and I'm going to call it a time of solitude. It doesn't have to happen right when you wake up. It doesn't have to look like mine does. It can be at any point in time. But what I'm going to say solitude is, is quiet time. It's a time for you to be still. And it needs to, in my opinion, be at least 45 minutes to an hour. And let me tell you where I've made the mistake. So my day starts at 5 o'clock in the morning. That's my first appointment pretty much every single day, Monday through Friday. And I would wake up for a long time, you know, at an hour before that appointment. So 4 o'clock would be a regular time to wake up. I always know what time I have to walk out of the house in order to be where I need to be, at, you know, in time. Not because five o'clock, I need to be there a little bit before that. And I always felt like the time that was rushed was this time of solitude. Because being in the shower is not solitude. You know, doing your hair, brushing your teeth. I mean, it can be, but it's really not the same as like I'm sitting down and I'm just still and it's quiet. And honestly, in my house with those three beautiful children, there's no other time then first thing in the morning. Because after that, and for me, my again, I told you I'm ADD, I'm always thinking about something. So for me to try to sit down at two o'clock in the afternoon, even if I don't have an appointment, would be really hard for me. Because I've already, my, my brain is, you guys know it, two o'clock in the afternoon, you're already probably however many phone calls, emails, to-do lists, you're, you're just too busy. So it's a discipline. Well, I realized that this time was really only 10 to 20 minutes. Like at the end of the day, like, or at the end of that hour that I gave myself after I've, you know, I, I drink a spark in the morning. So it takes, you know, and it's like, we're talking minutes. Like it takes six to seven minutes for me to wake up, make that spark and sit. Well, now we're 53 minutes. And if I'm leaving, you know, by like 442, <laughs> now we're already taken away, you know, and I know I got to be in the shower by this time. You know, I, I'm already, I'm looking at my phone with the time before I get where I need to be. So this was turned out by me getting up an hour before, it was just going to be 10 to 20 minutes of this time, you know, usually more like 10, right? So then I started this, I heard a podcast about a year and a half ago and this guy, uh, a friend of mine was putting it on or he, it's his podcast. He was interviewing somebody and he always asks every person a question at the end. 
what is one piece of advice for the listeners? And this guy, he owns an apparel company that's real popular in CrossFit. And he says, wake up 30 minutes earlier than you do. And when he said that, of course, you know, he doesn't know what time everybody's waking up. He's probably assuming people are waking up at 7, right? 6.30, 7. And my friend, he wakes up early because I know he does. He's a coach as well. And he says, man, what about me if I wake up already at like 4.30? And then the guy was like, oh, well, no, no, it's okay. You know, sleep's important. And he kind of almost gave him like a cop out. But honestly, like when I heard that, it stuck a chord in my soul. Like it told me right there, like that's what I need to start doing. So I started waking up 90 minutes before my first appointment, knowing that it was going to buy me more time of this. And now I've actually added 15 more minutes. So now I do an hour 45 minutes before my first appointment because the value of this is so much more than the value of sleep, in my opinion. I'm going to talk about sleep, so don't worry. I will address that. But the time in the morning can look like whatever it looks like for you, right? It can be reading. Like, educate yourself, right? It could be, uh, you know, journaling, just writing, just giving yourself that permission to write freely. It could be a time of prayer or meditation. It could be like, yoga or a workout maybe for you that might mean solitude in the morning so for me i kind of right now i'm working through two different devotionals and i call that kind of like my warm-up so it's kind of like i read one and then i'll read the other one and then i'm working through the bible and reading through different stories in the bible and then you know depending on like this morning i actually just put my headphones in and listen to some worship music and it was like the most healing thing for my soul this morning to listen to that it just hit me this morning not like it does every day but you know i share that with you to be vulnerable and share with you what mine looks like but at the same time it's like there's no rules you know it can look however you want it to look you know on monday mornings i watch a sermon from a different church than the church that i go to so you know that takes up typically the whole 40 or 45 minutes of that quiet time Um, So it can look different day to day, season to season. If I would have shared this with you six months ago, it would have been different, you know. And so, but I understand that there is a connection between me winning my day and me having this time. And so for you to carve out some time and, and, you know, for now it could be 15 minutes. It could be first thing in the morning, but make sure that it's quiet. Make sure that You're not rushing to be done with it. And just give yourself, even if you don't say a word, but you, now don't fall back asleep. (laughs) I've done that before, trust me. And it was funny, I told my pastor one time, I was telling him, I was like, man, I just can't read my Bible because I'm so tired and sometimes I feel like I'm just falling asleep in the mornings. And he was so encouraging. He said, you know, Charlie, God knows your heart. You know, he knows you're trying. It's just like your kid. You know, it's like you got to love their effort. And, and so that was really encouraging because sometimes I felt, but now like I wake up, I'm not kidding you. It could be the spark, right? But it's, I wake up really excited and I crave that time. It sounds crazy, but like I, I wouldn't pass it up for anything. There's been times that we go to bed for, you know, reasons we're like up late for me late. It's like 11, you know, 1130 is really late, but I will still wake up hour 45 minutes before whatever, because I crave that time. Cause if I, if I don't have that time, I don't win my day next. I'm going to talk about number two is my calendar. And you have to be on top of your calendar. You have to own your calendar. And owning your calendar sometimes means you have to set some boundaries. Um, If you don't have your calendar in place by the Sunday prior to the Monday start of the week, in other words, if you don't know... and And then there's really very little that you should do to that calendar. Because if you start moving that calendar, it's almost like you're being unfaithful to yourself. It's almost like you're starting to kind of like cheat another area if you move appointments around. And so when you own your calendar, when you know your calendar, when you know your schedule, and you don't just fly off the seat of your pants or make last minute appointments you know it's almost like think about you as a realtor too if like you want to have lunch with somebody and let's say you reached out to them and like well my week's full but i will pencil you in for next week you're like man that person is busy (laughs) 
They got a lot going on. And that really should be how you respect yourself because you are a high performer. You wouldn't be sitting in this room if you weren't moving a lot of stuff around, doing stuff. I mean, even if you got to put in, in that calendar things like, you know, I'm going to read from 11 to 12 or I'm going to have lunch, you know, with this person, you know, or I'm going to meet with this group of people at this time. So, you know, I snapshotted my calendar from last week. And for me, week to week sometimes looks, dif- looks different because my personal training clients kind of dictate my schedule a lot based on whether they're in town, out of town. And so sometimes I have bigger gaps and sometimes I have smaller gaps. But my personal training clients aren't the only things that need my attention. You know, I also run the business, right? So I have some other areas that I need to apply some effort, right? I have a family So I need to make sure that I'm helping in those responsibilities at home. So I need to make sure I'm home by a certain time. So you're, you're just as busy, even if you don't have kids or own, you own your business. You guys are self, basically self-employed. You're, you know, if you don't make money, you're not eating. And so if you're not closing deals, you're not eating. And so you need to make sure that you have, like, if I said right now, like, do you own your calendar? You either know that answer or not. It's a yes or no. And a yes means you are Sundays at the latest, right? Preferably maybe by the end of the week, you already know exactly what's coming the following week. So if I were to try to schedule an appointment with you for next week, you would already have to look at your calendar to, you know, to make sure that it would be clear. A no would look like, well, you know, I haven't heard confirmation about this person or I don't know, you know, this is supposed to be on this day and I'm not sure if you know, I'm going to do that on that day. And that's just kind of one of those, man, you're just, that's kind of a reflection of how your schedule probably is on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. And it can be very, very stressful. Have some structure to your calendar. You know, I, I think like exercise, for example, is really important. Now for me, my workouts kind of are moved around based on class times that I work, choose to work out in, in, in at our gym. And I like working out in different class times because I get to see different trainers teaching the class and interact with different members. But what I find is most successful for 99.9% of my clients is for them to work out at the same time every single day or three times a week. You know, it's like Terry works out with Lane at the same time, 9.15 a.m. when she comes in to work out with that group of women. And so having consistency in your calendar, right? What time do you come home could also be in that calendar because I will tell you this. And if I wasn't married with kids, I'd probably be at the gym and, you know, working and I mean, till all hours of the night and then just going home when I felt like, and nothing's ever going to be done, right? Like there's never this like great time to say, Oh, it's all finished. I can go home and no, you just have to shut it down. You know, and recently my wife did, uh, she did a 90 day challenge with some friends and it was health focused and they just created their own little, you know, uh, challenge. Basically it's like, whatever you want to do, do it for 90 days. So it's not like a program. It's not like, Hey, everybody's got to follow this no carbs or no, it's just like you make it what it needs to be. And they're holding each other accountable. They have a group text. So she's telling me about it. I'm like, that's actually a really good idea. I'm going to do the same thing. And what I put on mine was what time to be home by. And it's really cool because I printed out, you know, I'm kind of the nerd and I print out the Excel spreadsheet. And it's on our refrigerator and it's got her things and mine and then Monday through Sunday. And we just get a check mark if we did what we wanted to do. And it's amazing, like just in the two weeks, how much I want to be home at a certain time. Of course, I want to be home for my family, but also for the check mark. You know, there's a reward in saying that, man, I set a goal and I accomplished it. You know, and there's been days that I haven't been able to, to, to meet that goal. But, you know, having a calendar in place that tells you, okay, this is when I'm going to start my day, but also this is when I'm going to end my day so that you don't drive yourself to burnout. And that's going to be what I'm going to talk about next. And this is by far the one that I'm the worst at. So I'm going to confess right now. I'm not perfect at this, but I'm working on it. And that's creating margin in my day. Margin in your life, right? So, you know, if you are a back to back to back to back to back 
to back, you know, whether it's appointments or meetings or phone calls or things, you are, you're a recipe for disaster. And it doesn't mean that you can't do that, but you just can't do it every day or you're going to eventually start feeling very frustrated, very tense. Um, you're going to take it out probably on the people that are closest to you because you're overworked and overwhelmed. And so creating margin and you know what that might mean could be as simple as saying, look, I'm going to have 30 minutes in between appointments. Now that gives you permission to maybe go over, right, with some of your appointments, but it also gives you permission to go to the restroom, right, in between appointments, or it gives you permission to decompress in between phone calls, or, you know, if you have lunch, you know, and you know lunch from 12 to 1, and then you schedule 1.30, maybe that 1.30 is a little aggressive because you know traffic or you know, so even though you put that 30 minutes, maybe it needs to be 30 minutes from what you thought. So two o'clock, you know, having this margin in your life. Now, let me give you a leaving a bigger picture margin. OK, so we're talking about it on the micro level by the day. Right. Having 30 minute increments between appointments or whatever that looks like for you. And that's kind of what I did for the the solitude. Right. The morning was I just created more margin. I gave myself a little bit more time by waking up earlier. But now let's look at it on a macro level on a 365 day calendar. You know, one of the things that uh, God commands us is the Sabbath day, right? And, and it's a command, but it's also kind of like a suggestion. In other words, like, hey, you need a day of rest every week, right? And so some of us are good at this and some of us are not. I actually went on a men's retreat like a month ago. It was the first weekend in February and the speaker was great. And he kind of talked about this. And he, he was a Sunday morning speaker and he, he's a very high performer, you know, part of an organization called Crew for 35 years. So he's kind of climbed up in the leadership. And he was in Singapore with his family and about 12 years ago. And his wife said they were going to go on a date. And they had, you know, three kids. And his wife said, I really want to tell you something tonight. And he wasn't sure what it was going to be, you know, but he was anxious. He wanted to hear it, you know. And so they're at dinner and he's like, it's a beautiful scenery. And she tells me that I'm a grouch. <laughs> and... You know, he said it like not obviously, I mean, he said it because he wanted us to understand that the reason he had gotten there and he explained this is because he did not honor the Sabbath. Like he was working and driving so hard through the weekends, not taking a break. And it made him a grouch with his family. Now, he's probably like a grouch at home, and then he'll go pray for people, you know? <laughs> and, and maybe you're, you're, you know what that feeling is, right? It's like the people who know you the best, you tend to be like yourself with, whereas the people that don't know you very well, you tend to be maybe a little bit friendlier, which sounds crazy, but that's how it is. And so when you're not resting, right, when you're, when you're not pulling back. So what he said, and I thought this is a great analogy, he, he likes to go out cycling, uh, every Saturday morning, he lives in Florida. He says he bikes about 75 miles, which is a long time. And he goes, you know, there's pace groups. You know, they got about 100 people that meet out there. And there's people that ride at 25 miles an hour, which is really fast. There's people that ride at 20 miles an hour. And then there's kind of like the 15 to 17 mile an hour group, which is would be me if I was cycling with them. So these guys are flying. Well, he goes, there's, you know, so many gadgets now you can hook up on your uh, on your a bike and they tell you all these different metrics and he goes one of them is heart rate and you wear a heart rate monitor and it kind of tells you and you know because let's be honest right 75 miles is a long time you can be aggressive but he knows if his heart rate gets too high then he's going to what they call in the cycling world bonk and he's pulling over because he's done he's he uh, another term would be red line meaning you are going way harder then you should, therefore you will not finish the race or 75 mile training session. And how many of us bonk, right? How many of us redline? We're kind of going at a pace that we can't maintain because we're going so hard, we're working through the weekends, we're pushing, we're pushing, and then we bonk. And then we end up, you know, either being really mean or or even just depressed, right? It's not even about other people. Sometimes it's just ourselves. Like we have emotional breakdowns, you know? And the worst thing to do is hold that stuff in because when we hold it in, you don't ever get it out. 
And so you need to be able to communicate that to somebody. But he gave a very practical way of honoring the Sabbath. And I'm very uh, proud to say that my wife and I have done this two Saturdays in a row. Because the Sabbath, you know, it's so funny. You know, when you think about that, it's like a day of rest. But I guarantee you it would not go well if I told my wife, I'm going to take a 24-hour day of rest uh, th- every weekend because I'll leave her with the three kids. That would not be a very good day. <laughs> so, you know, he, he said this is what his, his, he does and his wife, they do. And, and it's not perfect. It's not every, every weekend. It's like three quarters of the year. But basically from noon on Saturday to noon on Sunday, they turn off their cell phone. And he takes off his watch. Um, I don't know if the watch thing is because he has like a fancy watch, but, um, you know, because there's clocks everywhere. So you're probably going to still know what time it is. But I will tell you this. Last weekend was the first the weekend right after I heard the, the message. I, we weren't able to do it because we were out of town and we were some other families and we were visiting my wife's family, too. And so um, but the last two weekends at noon, turn off the phone and then we didn't turn it back on actually till after church on Sunday. And it was the first one, it made you realize how much you're addicted to your phone. Like, even just seeing the phone made you start thinking. But just to unplug, and I remember I went on a backpacking trip uh, this a year and a half ago, and the thing that I looked forward to the most, because we were in the mountains for five days, we slept in the mountains, and I had no laptop and no cell phone, and it was amazing. But now it's almost like I'm getting giving myself that every weekend for a 24-hour period. Now, of course, if you've got something important, you know, that you have to take care of and tend to. And it might not look the same for you, but that for me has been a really awesome, um, we'll call it discipline to, and, and it's not, it's not legalistic. So don't think like, it's like that makes you more holy. It's not about that. It's really about creating that margin in your life so that you don't burn out so that you have an opportunity to pull back. And so you can give more because at the end of the day, like God calls us to work. Like we are to work six days a week and work could be like my wife, even though she doesn't go like to a job and work, she works, trust me, three kids. I mean, she's working 24 hours a day. They're up all hours of the night, especially in the last week. So just know that, you know, it's, we're called to work. And so, but having that day of rest is also something we're called to. And that's margin on a bigger macro level. Um, Okay, next is, kind of going back to calendar is give yourself a curfew. So, you know, I know that for me to have a curfew is winning my day. Now, of course, the curfew looks way different than it did back in high school, <laughs> but it's still a curfew. It's like, at what time do you need to shut it down? So it's kind of piggybacking on what I talked about earlier, but having that time every single day that you know, it will make you more efficient. That's what I've learned, you know, it probably started when we had kids. Like it really didn't start full throttle until my daughter was like one where I started understanding that me being home is important. Like I I always wanted to be around my wife. So it wasn't ever like I worked late, but you know, sometimes it's just when you're just, you know, even when we're, when we're married with no kids, it's like, well, I got to do this. I got to do that. And okay. Okay. It's not a big deal. Now we have kids like get home, you know, like you need to be home. You need to help out. So, but for me to be home is good too for myself, right? Because I guarantee you in 10 years, when my daughter's 15, like, and then I want to start spending time with her, but all the precious time is now. And we want to add to those memories. And I want to build those memories so that when, I, when she's 15, it makes it that much stronger of a relationship. And same with my boys. So if I don't set a curfew for myself, I will fall into the trap that most people do. And it's just come home when you come home and just by the end of the day. And, you know, for some people that's late, (laughs) you know, and if you're, if you want to have any time with your spouse, if you want to have a meal, like one thing that we do at my house really well is we sit down at the table and have dinner together as a family every single night. And it's just, you know, that's normal. But if I was not giving myself a curfew or a deadline by the time to get home, then we probably wouldn't do that. And that's, you know, one of those things that kids remember that kind of thing as they get older. You probably remember that growing up. Next is kind of going to go back to the, it's going to be a little bit about family, but it's going to be about whoever's special in your life. Number five is be connected. So you, for me, winning my day is, I'm always more likely to win my day when I'm connected to the people I love. 
you know, and, and I, you know, I love a lot of people. I love all the trainers at my gym. I love all my clients, but there's a distinct difference between me being connected with my wife and my kids, you know, as they get older, it'll look different and, and not being connected. And so when I start my day or if I go around about my day and I'm not connected to my wife, like that's not going to be a good day. It's just, I'm not thinking about it. I'm carrying it. You know, you know, I feel like there's a conversation that needs to be had and it's just like, man, that's a disc. That's just a, a, a disconnected day. It's just not a good day. And so in order to win your day, you know, you have to be connected to those with you, with which you love. And making sure that, you know, and that's a lot of, you know, saying I'm sorry, having difficult conversations and not putting those off, you know, because it's so much easier to not have a conversation. Let's be honest, you know, but it's kind of like exercise. Like it's so much easier to put it off, but eventually it's going to catch up and you're going to be facing some real issues if you don't do that. And so same with your relationships with those that you care about and those that you love is you want to make sure that you're connected. Okay, next, number six, the irony of this one is I'm going to tell you you need to sleep even though I myself, you know, wake up so early. But, you know, for me, I, I really uh, operate best. Like last night I was in bed by 8.30 and that's a good bedtime for me because if I'm in bed by 8.30, then I'm going to get at least six to seven hours of sleep, depending on if it's eight o'clock or, you know, with the 315 alarm clock. And so making sure that you're getting sleep. Now, some of you might be the night owls, right? Some of you might be awake when I'm waking up. <laughs> and if you're the night owl, I guarantee you it's going to catch up to you. Part of winning your day is sleeping. You know, everybody needs a different amount of sleep. You know, it's not one of those kind of like, Yes, eight hours of sleep is great. Nine hours of sleep is better. But not everybody has to have that much sleep. But if you're not sleeping, you know, adequate amounts, it's going to catch up to you. And you're going to have a hard time winning your day because you're going to start having, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a, a, a hormone called cortisol. It's a stress hormone. Little sleep causes high amounts of cortisol, right? So stress causes high amounts of cortisol that causes you to store body fat you know and so if you're not intentional plus during sleep is when you actually produce you know human growth hormone and some of the really big benefits of, of sleep come the longer you're sleeping so if you have a hard time going to sleep if it's a challenge for you to stay asleep maybe you wake up and then you're awake and then honestly you might want to look at some other things like you know, your day, like your diet, like what is your nighttime routine? So, you know, some people, if you're on your phone, I mean, it's already, they've done studies of this now because, you know, iPhones in the last 12, 10, 12 years have become the thing and people will stare at their phone for 45 minutes before you go to sleep. You think you're gonna be able to fall asleep when that bright light is shining in your face and you're stimulating your brain with all that feed and all those things? No, it's gonna be a lot harder. Even if you fall asleep, but you're gonna wake up because your subconscious is active in, in your, so having a routine right before bed is very important. You know, it could be as simple as saying, I'm gonna shut my phone off an hour before bed, or you know, it, for those of you that maybe take a bath or a shower at night, like right before you get in, that's when you turn your phone off, you don't look at it until the morning, and then you kind of start winding down. I just talked to one of my trainers the other day, he likes to take a cold shower before bed, he says that helps him. And so even just having a plan before bed so that you can wind down and you can go to sleep. Maybe TV's not the best thing for you right before bed. You know, it might be instead of TV, maybe you read a book. And, and so having a plan and making sure that you're addressing sleep is very important. Okay, and the last one is, you know, I can't leave it out, obviously, loving to work out myself, but you need to have some type of movement and activity on a daily basis. It is incredibly important for your body to move. If you do not move, you will not win your day. The activity in the movement could look different from person to person, but some form of activity is important. There is a direct correlation and benefit towards exercise and self-confidence. There is a direct correlation towards you strengthening your body and how long that body will perform and last in this life. 
So exercise, and I'm not, you notice I didn't even t really touch on nutrition. Not because I don't think it's important, but honestly, when I started thinking about winning your day, I mean, the things that I'm pointing out, I think are more important. Doesn't mean to eat unhealthy, but I'm gonna say that for you to move and for you to be active is even more important than probably to make sure that your diet is perfect. Because if I, I believe that if you're doing these things, then you're gonna start eating better because it's gonna make more sense to you, because your mind's gonna be in a better place, because you're gonna to wanna to make better choices. But movement and activity on a daily basis. You know, I have a, a lady that I train, she meets somebody at the mall and they walk three miles inside the mall. And I didn't even know that they offered that, but she's like, yeah, there's people in there and they're walking in the morning. And I thought, man, that's great. It's covered, it's indoors. And yeah, you can probably walk a three mile route inside of the mall. For somebody else, they might come to the gym and they might work out. You know, my wife, for, for example, you know, I can tell you for sure, just being married to her and knowing her through these pregnancies, exercise is a must. Like, not for the benefit of aesthetics at all. I mean, that's a bonus, right? That's like a, a great bonus for her. But just, it, it clears her mind. It allows her to fellowship with other women in the gym. And it kind of gives her a moment of disconnect from being a mom and raising kids and being able to have a time that she can exercise and move. It's just about moving. Her sister just had a baby, her second baby, and she came back to the gym. And she can't do a lot because, you know, it was like seven or eight weeks ago. So she's just a couple months out. But she's just coming up there and she's getting on the bike. You know, it's just about being in an environment, about kind of you know, rewarding yourself, if you want to call it that, like, like doing that for you and carving that time out to make sure that you're active, to make sure that you're moving. So uh, going back to the original quote is if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast, where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.